My friend Chris has a dog, a great Pyrenees named Lincoln. And Lincoln, while he is super affectionate and cuddly, ain't too bright. Not a smart dog. But he does know a few words, the words that you would expect a dog to know, words like walk and outside and food, you know, just the basics. He probably knows more than that, but he's probably like some teenagers I know who choose to ignore the words they would rather not hear. We, on the other hand, as humans, have vocabularies of hundreds and even thousands of words. And our world is flooded with those words. You're hearing them even now. But the problem is that not all the words we hear in this world are good words. Words can be true or they can be false. Words can tear down or they can build up. Words can be words of vulnerability and honesty and openness and connection, but they could also be words of power, of agenda, of manipulation and domination. And as we've seen this past week from the terrible events that have happened in our nation, words can be unitive, or they can be divisive. And this is nothing new. Because St. Paul, as he was preparing to say farewell to the communities that he had worked so hard to establish, said to them that after his departure, fierce wolves would come into the fold and lead many astray. Through what? Through their words. And of course, today we remember the fathers of the First Ecumenical Council who dealt with one of those wolves, namely Arius, and formulated the first part of the creed for us to put holy words together to safeguard the church. And St. Paul says in his word to us today, just as he said to those early Christian communities, he said, I commend you I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace. I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace. How many of you out there who may be parents worry about your children? Perhaps the way St. Paul worried about the communities that he had worked so hard to establish. He was the father of those communities. And he was concerned about what would happen to them after he was gone. But he was able to say, I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace. And the same message is the message to us today, 2,000 years later. We also have been entrusted to the word of his grace. You've heard, perhaps, or seen, perhaps, the old acronym from the early days of computer science, G-I-G-O. It stood for garbage in, garbage out. What you put in is what you're going to get out. If you put good programming in, you're going to get a good product out. And the same is true with us. So what I encourage you to do today is to think very carefully about what you put into your minds and into your ears and what comes out of your mouth.
And I encourage you to impress upon your mind and your heart good and holy words, words of grace. As we hear in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. In his law he meditates, he studies day and night. And not only the words of Scripture, but the words of the saints, the words of the holy fathers and mothers of the church. The 318 of the first ecumenical council that we celebrate today. The creed that they made for us. Because if we impress upon ourselves words of grace, then we will be able to express words of grace. With the spoken words we say, with the written words we write, just as St. Isaac of Syria did. Listen to the words of grace of St. Isaac. Let yourself be persecuted, but do not persecute others. Be crucified, but do not crucify others. Be slandered, but do not slander others. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Such is the sign of purity. Suffer with the sick, be afflicted with sinners, exalt with those who repent, rebuke no one, revile no one, not even those who live very wickedly, spread your cloak over those who fall into sin, each and every one, and shield them. And if you cannot take the fault on yourself and accept punishment in their place, do not destroy their character. What is a merciful heart? It is a heart on fire for the whole of creation, for humanity, for the birds, for the animals, for the demons. Yes, even for police officers who kill people and for those who stand by and watch while it happens. The misguided people who, in response, riot and destroy things and burn things and steal things. What is a merciful heart? It is a heart on fire for all of them, for the animals, for the demons, for all that exists. By the recollection of them, the eyes of a merciful person pours forth tears in abundance. By the strong and vehement mercy that grips such a person's heart, and by such great compassion, the heart is humbled, and one cannot bear to hear or to see any injury or slight sorrow in any creation. For this reason, such a person offers up tearful prayer continually, even for irrational beasts, for the enemies of the truth, and for those who harm her or him, that they be protected and receive mercy. And in like manner, such a person prays for the family of reptiles because of the great compassion that burns without measure in a heart that is in the likeness of God. The person who is genuinely charitable not only gives charity out of his own possessions, but gladly tolerates injustice from others and forgives them. Whoever lays down his soul for his brother acts generously rather than the person who demonstrates his generosity by gifts. What a powerful word from one of the saints of our church during this time of turbulence and tribulation. That's a lot of words from a human who has a lot of words to speak. But in the end, there's only one word, especially for us who are the church. Because we heard Christ in today's gospel passage say, 
I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for those that you gave me. He was praying for us. He was praying for the church. And we cannot expect to be agents of grace and light and life and love in this world if we are not united ourselves. Jesus prays to the Father, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you gave me, that they may be one, even as you and I are one. So I leave you with the one word, the one name, that we should all remember today. And that is the name of God, our Father. In his name, amen.